you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 187 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Shek. that sounds again still some concern about the crossover with the way the jets do it i don't know if i want that stink on me but we're not going to talk about that right now let's talk about week two in general it is fast approaching fellas and when i say fellas seated directly across from me here in studio 66 ready to help me break it down first of all let's say hello to the man who pays a visit to us, or in fact, he's moved here. He's uprooted his entire life in England in favor of the USA. He is a great pro football fan. It's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. How are you? Dave, I'm very well indeed. Thank I you. Know in fact, you I'm glowing. I know you are, and I wanted to talk about that. Tuesday night, they run now, you know, 22 straight weeks, a football life, a documentary about a great football figure or an iconic moment, and as it was, as it happens last Tuesday or this past Tuesday, that guest, that subject of the documentary, Don Shula, and the handsome Hank. If you're a listener of this program, you know is a great Miami Dolphins fan. You got the glad hand with Shula. How was that? Handsome? It was terrific. Over the, I've worked for the NFL for nearly 10 years now. I've had a number of exciting opportunities to do extraordinary things, taking Jason Taylor to a pub and drunk beer with him. I've, I've spent a week with Reggie Bush and Kim Kardashian, which is was memorable for many reasons. But sitting down... How about the, when you and I went to the barbecue joint outside of well, Austin, Texas? That, that's at least in my top 70 moments. But... Uh, right. but uh, sitting down with with the greatest coach in NFL history yesterday, and just being able to to just for a, a few minutes um, be in his presence that was that was very cool. Let's slow down with the greatest coach of all time. No, it was a pleasure to meet to. him. Of I course, think, I think the stats back me up as well. Well, total wins. Ah, uh, so what? You know what? Uh, Fran Tarkenton has more career passing yards than Joe Montana. It doesn't make him better. You know who Don Shula? I don't know if you were paying attention. Did you hear who he said? We asked him, and this is a show, the show that follows football life is a backstory. It's another half hour where we get to sit down with uh, with the guy. And so Shula was in on backstory with me and Jen Brown. Again, it's Tuesday nights at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 Pacific. And I asked you, I mean, obviously he was around forever. And so he spanned several decades from Lombardi in the 60s into Landry and Knoll and Madden and Grant in the 70s and then the 80s, Walsh, Gibbs, Parcells. Who was the toughest to prepare for? The Emperor Chaz Knoll was his answer. He that said, was his answer. He look, said yeah. four for four in the Super Bowls. You can't right. beat that. I said, Coach, you're speaking my language. All right, let's say hello to another guy. See, I thought he would have said Landry. This is a guy who loves himself uh, some Tom Landry and the Dallas Cowboys in general. He's going to be joining us. Every second episode now in season, we'll, we do one at the start of the week reacting to the previous week's games. Then we use this podcast to look ahead to the coming week, and we're going to be doing it with our pal. You know him from NFL.com. He's a great writer. You see his work, um, in fact, about Don Shula's 1973 Dolphins being superior to the 72 version. That's on NFL.com. You see him on the Fantasy Show. You see him on Total Access. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop? I'm pretty excited. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little shocked. I know you wore makeup even for this. You don't have <laughs> I to. Did. Just, I just on the air. I, I did just walk off set late, as I was reminded uh, by both of you 
five times. But you know, well, this is no. It's an inauspicious debut as as uh, you know when ranks out of the uh, the number two chair. And you're in it for it to show up a half an hour late. I don't know what right. you don't have I, to not outdo, professional. You don't have to, have to have to outdo the host by being late. To I feel like Dave Brown <laughs> replacing Kent Graham. Uh, but I got to say, I was a little shocked at, at, at both of you here. Number one, Handsome's answer. I mean, actually, I get that Shula is your biggest thrill. But to knock uh, hacky sacking with Sam Madison out of the top spot, that – that had to be. One. I mean, that had to be special. You hacky sacked with Madison, huh? And then, uh, I, I don't want to talk about it now. It's embarrassing, but it, yes, we we spent some time with a hacky sack in Hyde Park. And then making a spinach dip in a bread bowl with Aubrey Beavers, I thought was also another. And Mark Higgs. Yeah, and Mark Higgs. That was a good one. But I want to talk to you about your just poo pooing Don Shula. I'm not poo pooing. I think he's no, in the top the greatest coach. four or five, but number one though. Let me just throw this out at you, okay? And I'm not a Dolphins homer like Handsome, so I'm coming completely unbiased here. Don Shula took over the Colts in 1963. He didn't have his first losing season until 1976. And from 63 to 95, he had two losing seasons, 76 and 88. He took the Colts to the playoffs three times. Uh, was gosh, something ridiculous, like 50 games over 500. Uh, their 68 team, they went to the Super Bowl. His second year, 64, they went to the NFL Championship. So before he ever even got to Miami, he was already ah, one of but the as best he and coaches. I talked about, as he and I talked about, first of all, it's apples and oranges talking about the NFL when it had 12 teams and how it relates. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to sort of uh, to calculate the differences between the two, the, the two leagues. But you still winning percentage is still the same. I hear you, but the thing, the stink on him, and he addressed that directly was he's the coach who couldn't win the big one. Remember, I mean, he just before the undefeated season in '72, he gets smoked by Landry and the Cowboys in '71, and that uh, follows losing to the massive underdog Jets in Super Bowl three, and in '65 he loses to Lombardi's. And so, anyway, listen, yes, we can debate that. I, I definitely like the subject here, but I want to bring it to modern time. And, in fact, not just current, the future, the near future, because uh, right now I want to tell everybody within the sound of my voice, do yourself a favor. Game Rewind. This is replays of NFL games for everyone under the sun in the U.S. of A. Use the promo code DDFP. That's Dave Damashek Football Program. DDFP. And you get 10% off of, uh, of the, your purchase with this. And you can also get audio pass doing the same thing. All games worldwide, you can see this. Well, you can... Dave, you know what? It's funny you should say worldwide. Yes. Because actually there's a product for our international brethren as well. People like me, when I wasn't here in the U.S., we use a product called NFL Game Pass, which I believe if you go to www.nfl.com slash Game Pass, you'll be able to find that product there. And by entering the code DDFP, you can get 10% off that as well. Do it! World Wide Web. I don't think you need to do that in 2013 anymore. But it does do indicate that, it, that we are... You, it does indicate the Czech Republic has no borders. Right, Listen. and you know why that product's better even than Game Rewind? Why? You can watch those games live. Game Pass is awesome. Yes. It's nothing short of awesome. It's the coolest product the NFL has ever offered, and it will not be beat. I'm telling you right now, I don't know how many DDFP listeners are overseas, but if you are... This is not a bunch of homerism on the part of our company. I'm telling you right now, it's the best product the NFL's ever had. Yes, period. and like I say, the Czech Republic, no borders. We have our listeners in England, thanks in part to Handsome, although I don't think his countrymen appreciate him denouncing their version of football in favor of ours. But still, we have our listeners. They're here, they're everywhere, all the continents of the, U- of the, uh, of the globe represented. So go ahead, uh, again, Game Rewind, replays of all the games, 10% off with the code DDFP. What do you call it? Game Pass? Game Pass. Game NFL Pass. Game That's Pass. for people outside off the U.S. DDFP. Yes, Black Tie. Just want to jump in and just clarify. It's essentially the same product. Just it just redirects based to where you are in this world. It's so. not essentially the same product well, because in the U.S. you can't watch the games live. You can watch them afterwards. Outside of the U.S., you can watch those games as they're happening. That's a significant difference, is, Black. That's guys. a big difference. It is different, but because we have the games on TV here, Game Rewind is still just as good because it gives you that. You know, it gives you the the game in HD, all twenty two coaches cam. All that stuff. So that is cool. The all twenty two cam. I love that. Yep. HD. It's 
what that, the coaches see awesome. when they break down the film, this is what they're looking at, all the entire field, sure. obviously. By all the right. way, hello, guys. I know I didn't get an introduction at the top, but no, you, you know didn't. Let's, let's move past that. I do want to say this about Hank, though. He mentioned about his all his NFL experiences, and this is something I've spoke to Hank about tons of times. He has great NFL stories, and I've, I've tried to get him on the podcast to talk about these NFL stories. Reggie Bush, Kim Kardashian, the Soans. But Sheck never lets him. So I'm, I'm, You're right. I'm, I'm, I never... putting, I'm putting this out to the Sheck Republic, the DDFB family. Let's start a Kickstarter for Hank's true NFL stories. I'm keeping him under my heel. Yes, I don't want him to break out. Tweet us anyway. at D- hashtag DDFB and let us know which – Hank, tell us which uh, true NFL stories do you have. Let's see which ones we – How about I mean... playing World of Warcraft with O.J. McDuffie? I know that was a, <laughs> that was a big one. All yeah. right. You know, that's a good thing. I do want to hear Handsome Hank's uh, NFL stories. And, in fact, we should at, very, at the very no, least – No, let's, let's leave the, let's leave the I'm listeners. not doing it, Black Tie. Right. Please, enough, enough let's, let already. Let the listeners decide what they want to hear when they want to hear it. Fine. Listen, I want to hear it. How about that? And now, And I also think that we should each give our own two or three best – Football experiences, yes, things that Kamish Goodell has sort of allowed us to do. We won't do that right now because we have no, much no, to no, get to. The time. What we I will do say, is get gla- a cozy fire, a glass of coffee or tea. Glad handing with uh, with uh, with uh, Mr. Rooney, with Dan Rooney at the there Super go, Bowl. That's pretty own. sweet. That was yep. neat. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, he was he was uh, three foot four, and uh, it was so neat to talk to him and say, "Hey, been a lifelong season ticket holder, or at least my old man is." and Talk to him about the Steelers for a minute. It was grand. So, um, anyhow, all right. Listen. So we'll do we'll do a proper version of that in a little while. But like I say, week two is just about here, fellas. We have to get into it. Look back one last time at week one with the shame, nay, Sheck report. The Sheck report. Its season debut is up there on NFL.com for your perusal. I encourage you, nay, demand that you get over there and take a look at that. Handsome, did you enjoy the first one? I did, yeah. I'm a big fan of the Sheck Report, um, formerly known as the Shame Report. It's the same thing. People are dropping me live. The only thing that's different is the name of it. It it was a good one. And you look, Dave, you're magnanimous. I've said that about you um, you. ever since I I first met you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you managed to keep it in your pocket, the, uh, the, the brown paper bag of shame, and not give it to anyone this week, that yeah. just underscores it for people. If mulligans are acceptable in golf, then certainly I, with the Sheck Report, can give out a mulligan to the entire NFL. Week one, obviously, they're jitters. They haven't been out there in right. a little while for, in a meaningful week. game. Next no, week. then I'm back. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I didn't give out the brown paper bag of shame at number one, as I do typically. I decided I'm going to let everybody off the hook. That can I say I'm a big fan of the Sheck Report, and just like Game Pass is available for our European customers, uh, if you live in the Czech Republic, you can get the Check report and it's really cool dave completely everything's about jay novacek there's no other other things but i think it's really cool i think it's great that you tailor made i think that. you're a little confused can you, um, yeah. can you cut that bit out yeah i think that's see that's not what we want you know it's no, his first it's his first run no, as a regular guy but it's, it's important that you got, know your strengths and yeah. weaknesses you, and you understand play within yourself as they we'll say. do the shilling you do the answer. All right, hey, well, let's get to it. So the Sheck Report is up there for you. I just, it real is. quick, no, I wanted can, to know. Can I mention something about that, though? If yes. you haven't seen Breaking Bad this week, you might not want you might not want to watch the it, Sheck Report It definitely slightly spoiled. I, I have not, not seen spoiler, it yet, really. and it did spoil it did, me. It's and definitely I am, a little bit of a spoiler. And I'm more furious at you as I, than I usually am. My question was going to be, Did Black has Black Tie seen it? In our recurring feature, has Black Tie seen it? I was sure you had, I was going to put you on the spot and say, what would you think of the Sheck Report? Because I assumed you hadn't seen it. I watched it, and it's, I shouldn't have because I haven't seen Breaking Bad yet. Now you'll never watch so it again. So I, I watched it, then watched Breaking Bad later last night, and it does. There is a, sm- a small spoiler in it. All right, fellas. So we did a pretty good review of week one, I feel like, a couple days ago. Handsome, Rank, and uh, myself and uh, some other fellas joined in, too. But uh, now let's look ahead to week two, and we'll get to my picks, NFL uh, weekly Pick'em app at NFL.com. We have the Dave Damashek football program group and uh, Rank and Hank and Elliot and Black Tie. My picks are all up there. Go if only to look at uh, Black Tie's goofy picture that he cleared to, to put up there to, to show the world this is what he looks like. But um, I'm also in the lead, by the way, so just muzzled so up. It's, yeah, you know what? The Jets are 1-0, too. So it's, in other words, it's a long season. So now listen. Here's what I want to do before we get to blowing through the picks, as is our tradition that I go, I can get all my weekly picks done in 60 seconds or less. Before we get to that, though, you two, Handsome Hank, 
Elliot Harrison. The power rankings are up at NFL.com. His wildly popular power rankings, EH, you can look for those every week on uh, Tuesday. So right after the games are over the day after, you can find those. And then you do your picks for the week. So little preview of those right now. I'm going to give you guys some games, and I want to do it challenge flag style. You know, Elliot and I a while ago, we, do, we, we, we did this, and I want to bring yep. it now to, uh, to this show. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with you, Elliot. I want you to make an assertion about a game. Who's going to win it? The blanks are going to win, and then Handsome Hank will have the opportunity to jump in and challenge that if he so desires. All right? Okay. Let's start with the big game of the week to me. Well, you know what? Uh, let's hold off. That's not that's not good showmanship. You don't start with the biggest one no. right there. But let's go with the juicy game. How about the Dallas Cowboys 1-0? Tony Romo looking good. Had some time back there in week one against the Giants. Going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid, his home debut now. That place is going to be bonkers. You know that. Elliot, go ahead. I'm going to tell you right now the Cowboys are going to win until Alex Smith challenges teams down the field. That's the weakness of the Cowboys. If he doesn't challenge them down the field, he's not taking advantage of them. Cowboys win that game. Elliot, I'm not going to reach into my pocket for my uh, hacky sack on this occasion. I, I don't need to throw a challenge flag on that. I agree with you. You do, huh? Well, that's not very satisfying. Let well, me say this. I'm sorry, I man. challenge it. I, I, well, I'm the, uh, the the referee here. And I will say, I, I, I like the Chiefs to take care of business at home. Like I say, it doesn't necessarily. I always find it a, a weird thing, home field. We, you know, I, This is one of my favorite subjects to talk to pro athletes about. How can home field make any difference to you? Just like uh, Coach Norman Dale says in Hoosiers when he measures the thing when they go into the big gym. Him for the for the state get for the state title game, you know, oh, ten feet from rim to floor of the, the foul lines, fifteen feet away. I mean, it's a football field. How what what does it difference if the people are cheering for you or against you? What do you care? You're a pro athlete, and yet home field does seem to make a difference. Now, some of those debuts were not especially great this past week. That said, I think KC, they're going to be awfully jacked up. I like their defense better than I like the Cowboys. Ergo, I'll go with the Chiefs. All right, so... So you're overturning the, the call on the field even though it nah, wasn't challenged. My, yeah. my, ruling, my ruling has no purpose here other than just I want to weigh in. I, because uh, <laughs> because, and, because and it's Elliot's, your, your podcast. Elliot's summation is just as simple as that. If Alex Smith isn't pressing the ball downfield, then they won't. Well, what's to say they aren't going to do that? Well, go after, uh, go that's after true, that but you, you asked me to be succinct. I mean, I can go deeper into this game. I mean, I like the matchup of Flowers on Des Bryant, but I don't like the matchup of Sean Smith, who Hank, you're very familiar with am, yes. on Miles Austin. As I don't like that at all. And we were we were just saying yesterday that you know uh, the last time the Chiefs played the Cowboys was Miles Austin's coming out party. I think the, the, he had over like two hundred yards, two fifty yards receiving, Mo- most yards ever by yeah. a guy in his debut game and a Cowboys single game record. And not to mention, Jason Witten had a heck of a game last year. Until Eric Berry proves it, he's still just a guy with a lot of upside. All right, let's now go with handsome Hank's pick here. The na- or you get to make the initial statement, Thank I should you. say. The Miami Dolphins. Your Miami Dolphins. At the Indianapolis Colts. Second straight road game. Kind of an unfair shake. Some teams have to deal with that, but this is one of those teams that starts the season right. twice well, on might, the road. It might be better for them to be on the road because their first home game is the Falcons next week. Yeah. But for this week, I've actually chosen the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, last year, the Dolphins... You'll no, win. that's your statement. That's your opening statement. Well, I can't even... I know the Indianapolis Colts. You all have a chance to respond. I'm trying to figure out the rules as okay. we go here. Right. I think it's better. Tell, tell me the rules as, as we. As <laughs> I, we I don't know them until until right. I uh, uh, announce them to you. Okay. I, my brain will, uh, as you know, I don't really think before I speak. No, no. I will do the two things we, simultaneously. We wouldn't expect you to, don't worry. So all right. So you. So your I've statement is the, the Indianapolis Colts defeat the Miami Dolphins. Well, I think that Jerry Seaman or Jim Tunney or whoever made a good call on the field because I agree with that. I think the Colts are going to win. Dolphins played a very tough last year. I don't think Andrew Luck has a great game, but Miami needs a little more firepower on the ground to beat the Colts. Handsome, do you want to just uh, well, further? I, we're agreeing again, so I don't know that I can. I, I know he, I'm trying I to choose games right. that you might have a different I, I opinion on. I think he's right. I, I, you know, like I've got my fingers crossed that they'll do it. The mediocre I, I, express, I, and, man. And, and the one thing, exactly, their running game wasn't good. Their defense was excellent, and I think they will. They'll be able to. In fact, Jim Irsay was tweeting about it this morning, and it's always entertaining Shocking. way um, about how they they need to calm Cam Wake, which is 
been something that teams have traditionally found pretty tough over the last two, three years. But I will say um, that, that I wasn't that impressed with the Colts when they're playing the Raiders on, in week one. So maybe there's a chance there. I think, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the Dolphins, like we talked about uh, earlier in the week, I think that was a sneaky good win in Cleveland. You know, they really, obviously, the dawn of a new era in in, in that town and, uh, you know, the the – Really good, legitimately good front seven, and in fact, legitimately good defense with Hayden back there. Um, you know, I think that was a that was a nifty little win for for a young team that kind of needs to gain some confidence. Like I said to you, handsome, I don't know that the Dolphins. The reason I don't think the Dolphins are a playoff team is because of their early uh, is their early slate here. It's really rugged. It's tough. It's a tough one. The first six or seven games are really yep. tough Until here. Until they get the, to that bye week, they've, they've got a rough road. It would have been nice if Buffalo beat New England for the Dolphins. Right. That, yeah. That would have been huge. I agree. But, you know, now you go Colts. And what to make of those guys real quick here, EH? What's your read on that, that the Raiders go in there? I never know how to how – to, how that registers. And, you know, we got to talk to some players about this. Does it happen that if you're the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck on down, is there any chance in week one of the NFL season you're kind of like, ah, we got these Raiders beat. They're they're a bunch of bums. And you don't show up with the proper proper motivation or whatever? Or was it a matter of, wow, we had no way to prepare for uh, Terrell Pryor and you saw that? Well, I mean, that may be part of it. I do think people misgage Terrell Pryor's speed getting to the edge, but who said the Colts were ever that great to begin with? I mean, they won 11 games last year, but how many of those games were games that Andrew Luck brought them back at the very end? I mean, they, I believe there were eight comeback wins by Andrew Luck, most in the NFL last year. The defense is so-so on the Colts. Their best player is well into his 30s, okay, and is on the downside of his career. And look at the offense. Who's the lead running back? How about the offensive line that couldn't block the Texans? I mean, besides the receiver core, Andrew Luck, and tight ends with some upside. The Colts have holes. All right, couple more here. Let's see if we can shake it up here. The Washington Redskins at the Green Bay Packers. Elliot, you begin. I'll go Green Bay Packers. I think Washington is going to have a hard time stopping the Packer offense because Mike McCarthy is going to go up-tempo just like the Eagles did, and I don't think the Redskins have the secondary to stop them. Elliot? I mean Elliot. Handsome Hank. I'm going to go with the Packers as well. So again, my challenge, ah, challenge flag stays. This in is my the pocket. most unsatisfying segment we've ever done on this show. Can you not agree with each other? I'm sorry. <laughs> so far, you haven't found the game that we that we it's disagree not fun. on. It's All right, tough when here. you get two guys that are very intelligent. It's like we try to dummy it down, and right, it just doesn't this work. Is, this is just difficult. Well, that I know fall. that I appreciate you doing that, and so that I can participate in your. You normally highbrow conversation when you bring it down to my level. All right, listen. Blow the whistle for halftime. Get Bruno Mars or whoever out on stage here because uh, we have to interrupt this little game, this little segment, because here they are from Total Access. You've been watching them all week there with uh, our new pal Dan Helly on the network. He was with us last week. He's back in the seat now. He's got to answer some tough questions for his old team, the Chargers. Sean Merriman and... There he is, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks, a Penn State guy, too, Michael Robinson. What's happening, fellas? What's up, man? What's up? How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing fine. How are the Chargers doing today? Not too well. <laughs> now, you you go back and you look at that game. Uh, you, you hate to lose those games. And you look back at the film and say, man, there's two or three plays out of that whole entire game that really decided it for him. And, you you just don't give up a 21-point lead at, at no point in time. I remember when I was there, we begged for a 21-point lead. That meant they had to throw the ball, and it was sack time. So uh, I, I'm sure they're feeling it looking at the film today. Sean, all right. Ryan Matthews is the lead guy. He He's your, your starting tailback. You've got a 21-point lead. How does Ryan Matthews get two second-half carries? How does that happen? Well, I mean, he had 33 yards the whole entire game, and I think 12 carries. You just can't win a football game like that. When you have a 21-point lead and you want to sustain that lead, you have to give him the rock, you know, to, to chew up the clock. If you don't, you just give the Texans more time to just dink and dunk you and do what they did and come back and win the game at the end of the game with a field goal. And that, that loss just hurt, not just, you know, not just for – uh, the players, but for the coaches, the city. I played down there, and they, they're, they're going through a rebuilding process right now, and, and that's not the way you want to start off your season. And on the other hand, I feel like that this is one of those things. I think a lot of teams, because you hear the talk so much, I wonder what you guys would say about this, that identity and what, what that means and confidence and all those things that make sense on a human level, that uh, those are requirements. 
But I feel like for the Texans, this is a big win for them. You know, a lot of people picking them to go deep this year. Can Matt Schaub get him over the hump? It's the QB that is the question on that team. I feel like this is a this is more than just uh, uh, one uh, you know one scratch in the win column. True. Yeah. Well, I look at the Houston Texans and and they have some studs out there. I mean, and their guys showed up. That's that's my problem with the uh, San Diego Chargers. When the game's on the line, who are they going to call on? Mm-hmm. You know, who are they going to feed the ball to? You look at Schwab, Schaub, uh, when the game was on the line and they had to make plays, they fed the ball to Andre mm-hmm. Johnson every single time. And he was their stud. So uh, that's my big thing with San Diego. Who is going to step up in that role? Mike Robinson, before we go any further here, and I do have some questions for you as we go inside out. Now, see, here's something we do with inside out. I have my suppositions. You know, I have I have things that are probably myth, and but some of them are reality. I don't know what goes on in the locker room. Ultimately, we're going to ask you some of these things, and you tell us if it's true. These, or, these are the part or, of the tough questions that you had for us. Right I now. have a lot of. Tough <laughs> I just want to know if you're lying the tough questions I, you know, now. Like, what, what are you? I want you both to understand okay. something. I think I told you this, Sean, last week, but Mike, I want you to be aware of this too. The only rule here in Studio 66: no jive. That's what I won't stand for. I got for. you. I don't I want you. jive talk. Now listen, I we had AJ Hawk on the show a couple weeks ago. Our dear friend, what a what a what a fella he is. One of the nicest guys in the NFL. He's a lot of fun. Uh, so I said to him, "Who's the toughest?" Because you have this new age QB uh, group over the last couple of years now that run and everything else, real shifty guys. But then you have Roethlisberger, who's a big guy. Even if you hit him, he doesn't necessarily go down. I said, who's the toughest guy you've ever had to sack uh, as a quarterback? And uh, here was A.J. Hawk's answer. I'm going to take one way back for you. Go back to college. Penn State, Michael Robinson was the quarterback. Well, that's nice. He says you, A.J. Hawk. I remember that game. I think he must be talking about the game. In uh, in Beaver Stadium, whiteout. Yeah, it was a whiteout. Was I thought it was whiteout. a blackout. They no, didn't everybody wear black we're, we're in the stands. Bl- we're blue and white, man. It's a whiteout. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But either way, that was a good game. <laughs> that was a great game. You guys were number one at the time when Ohio State no, rolled in. They were. Oh man, I think they were number seven or eight in the country. We were like sixteen. Oh really? I yeah. thought you were. I thought the stakes were much higher. Well, it was even. earlier in the Big Ten schedule, so I we see. hadn't we hadn't quite came along yet i got you all right so i wanted you to hear that nice uh, compliment from aj hawk i mean listen i still think it probably would be rg3 if i did no cam newton no colin kaepernick would be the toughest one what do you say to that sean uh you know it's a few quarterback but big ben it was so hard to bring down and not because you looked at him as a physical stature but he was so slippery Hmm. It was one of the slipperiest quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb actually was pretty pretty hard to uh, uh, pull down. The, obviously, the, the Titans quarterback. Um, Steve McNair. Steve McNair, yeah, had McNair. that kind of. Steve McNair, God rest his soul. He was so tough to bring down. I mean, he was so strong. You have both his legs wrapped up, and he still somehow throw the ball 40 or 50 yards down the field. And you're like, how did that happen? How did he do that? So uh, it's a little bit different age because a lot of these quarterbacks now are built like running backs or mm-hmm. built like tight ends. And it, it, it's getting tougher and tougher to bring these guys down. Before yeah. we go inside out, actually, I want because I do want to talk about this. I, you know, We were just having a conversation about Thursday night football, and I was saying it's a fascinating spot that the NFL's in now. You know, it's a copycat league, and so you know everybody would love to have Colin Kaepernick. But the point that I always make about him is – those guys don't grow on trees, you know. The, the the idea that you have a big arm, that's easier to find. It's not easy, but it's easier to find than a guy who has a big arm and a guy who has some wheels on him. And um, so you have over the last, you know, two, say, let's say two, three years, a lot of these guys emerging. On the other side, you have the old guard, these guys that are going to wind up in the Hall of Fame that are now 30-plus guys. Talking about Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Roethlisberger, Eli, Drew Brees. These guys are, like I say, they're all going to get gold jackets. But at this point, first of all, first question is, I'll start with you, Mike. Would you rather have, for this season, I'm not talking five years from now, next season or two, would you rather have the traditional style QB or would you rather have this uh, this newfangled guy? Well, from a player standpoint, me being a fullback, if I'm still a fullback answering this question, mm-hmm. I want a traditional. I want a traditional quarterback, just because those guys use a fullback a little bit more. Quarterback guys. But if you talk about me as a coach or or a fan of the game, watching the game, I would definitely want a quarterback that can move around a little bit. It just puts so much stress on the defense. Uh-huh. Uh, th- those guys are very very hard. 
um, to defend. You look at a guy like Russell Wilson, who, I, you know, is from my hometown. I just finished playing with him. Uh, he's also a tough guy to bring down. He's very, very slippery. He would rather throw the ball than run. And uh, when he does run, he protects himself by getting down. I, I have to say the traditional quarterback, and that's why I say that, it's hot right now. These formations and everything that people don't, you know, the teams are doing now is hot. Somebody's going to figure out a way, or some, you know, some defensive scheme, or some, you know, eight or nine man front was still having two, two or three DBs and co- somebody's going to figure out a way to stop this offense. When that happens, those untraditional quarterbacks are going to have to perform and play like traditional quarterbacks. So as soon as that happens, just just go back to the year that the Wildcat was the hottest thing moving. I mean, everybody tried the Wildcat. Right. Once people figured it out how to stop it, when is the last time you've seen the team run a Wildcat? It's not going to happen. And this go the same thing with the pistol uh, package, the read option, anything else. Once that goes, you, then you need a quarterback who can traditionally, traditionally throw the ball down the field. And, and, and that's what you're going to rely on because that's what teams need. Teams going to need a traditional quarterback who can throw the ball down the field. Sean, you, you talk about the uh, Wildcat, you know what I mean? And I was a fan of that because I ran it a little bit in San Fran myself. I think the biggest difference between that particular package and what's going on now is those guys couldn't really throw the ball. And the fact that you have quarterbacks that can throw the ball, I think we will get this uh, read option offense out of the league is a major injury to one of those guys by getting hit. Mm-hmm. I, I agree and with that, you, and, and it's funny. The stop. only people who are naysayers to it, and I, you know, the last six months, I've talked to everybody about this. How do you how do you stop it? Everybody says you can't stop it. A few guys say you just got to hit that QB really yes. hard and break his will. It's, and we talked about that last yeah. week. In fact, Sean, that seems. I just wonder what the league's going to do. I mean, if you if you if you concuss that guy, you know, then that, you're going to get fined for that. So I don't know if there's going to be wisdom if you can coach your your defenders. Hey, smack this guy, but good, and he he'll stop doing it. But that's what Clay Matthews was trying to do this weekend. Yeah, and and, and you know, Colin Kaepernick said himself, you can't int- if intimidation is your game plan, then that's not going to work. It's interesting to me that when Dave brings up these guys, it's you know, it's Colin Kaepernick, it's Russell Wilson. One of the most athletic and quick quarterbacks in the league is actually Andrew Luck. And I really think, and I brought this up in the power rankings, and I had some people call me out and say, why do you bring race in this? But I honestly think that because Andrew Luck is white and because he doesn't quite have the build, like Kaepernick is ripped, okay, that people don't look at him as an athletic quarterback. Andrew Luck's as athletic as Cam Newton is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no question about that. And, 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 you're, and I'm sticking with him on this because Andrew Luck, we've seen a few times when we were playing him, got outside of that pocket and ran. And we underestimated his speed, and he is quick. I don't know necessarily fast, but he's very quick, and he's very underestimated. And I don't know for sure if it's if it's because you know he's white or not. I think it's more of because he's not put in a situation where he where he has to run. I don't know how well he'll do in a pistol package offense or read option. Will somebody respect him enough to fake that handoff and then take off running? We'll take our chances as a defense, but he is definitely underestimated. He's you know, more quick than fast and can get outside of the pocket and beat you around the corner. You bet, and he can throw on the run well, too, run, which right. is really key with these guys. It's one thing to be able to run. If you can throw accurately on the run, you are so hard to stop. Mike, I want to talk to you about this because Elliot leads us right into it. I was talking about this this morning. Is uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing. Doug Williams, a lot was made a generation ago, 20 years now or more, that a black quarterback wins the Super Bowl. And like you, like you, to your point, you know, you could put in as a you know big if you were the head coach of a big program, you could put a black guy under center if he could run. Jamel Holloway, you're yeah. too young to remember these guys, but Jamel Holloway and Darian Hagan and Tony Rice in the '80s were huge stars, but they couldn't throw it like a professional quarterback and throw it. At what point do you think that this, to me, I don't think it goes away because, like I say, these guys aren't growing on trees. But how much a factor do you say, as a guy who was playing quarterback in college, is this now, is is the mindset changing like, Oh yeah, we should put our best athlete in a quarterback. You know, the, 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 and how much does it have to do with a larger cultural thing? I'm not trying to make too big a deal out of that, but it, it is interesting that 25 years ago, uh, you know, probably Kaepernick would never have been put in that spot. Absolutely. I mean, you just look at almost 10 years ago. I wouldn't. I didn't even get a chance to play quarterback after hmm. being a Heisman finalist. I think the college game is always seven to 10 years ahead of the National Football League, and things that go on hmm. in college, you eventually see. Uh, 
um, in the National Football League. Uh, I forget his name, the backup quarterback for the Redskins right now. He's getting another chance. Guy Kirk from Cousins. West Virginia. Kirk Cousins. No, the guy from West Virginia. Oh, Pat oh, White. Oh, I'm sorry. White. He's yes. getting another shot in the league now after originally they told him that he couldn't play in this mm-hmm. league. And going back uh, to, to, to the cultural thing, uh, I just think for whatever reason, People think that you see a white quarterback, you figure that he's going to stand back there and just be like a statue, like and throw the ball like Tom Brady. You see a black guy, you figure he's Michael Vick and he's going to run around all over the place. And I feel like it's the same way when when they're when they're um, describing the quarterbacks. When Andrew Luck and RG three was coming out, nobody said Andrew Luck was well spoken. Everybody said RG three was well spoken. Right? That's Why? a great point. Why? Yeah. Wow. I mean, By the way, when you get into stereotypes, if I would, if my mother would have let me play football, the the dual threat that I would have put on defenses in college and then in the pros, I don't I don't want to get down about what might have been, but I just wanted you to know. All right, so we 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 talked too much and we didn't even get to do inside out. I had a lot of good questions for you guys about the NFL locker room. All right, Sean Merriman. Michael Robinson, you can watch him the rest of the week here on Total Access. Actually, Sean, where are you in again? Um, I'm here actually the whole week. The whole week I'm again. waiting for your tough questions. I, I have them. I have them. You have black guy. He's saying, oh, no, they have to go be on TV and do fancy stuff. All right, go get makeup on your face. Right, you know? Thank you have me, man. I appreciate it. Boris, I'm a Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. All right, there they go, out the door. Black tie, is a, you're such a buzzkill. That's got to be your new name, buzzkill. Not at all, guys. It's just it's just the nature of the beast. I I, I don't know what that means, but I love the conversation you guys were having. It's I had hard hitting questions, and now two in a row, I haven't gotten to, to them. I want to know about that sort of thing from Sean. Ma- you know what would be a cool question that that I, I I jotted down while he was here is the Ravens. Sean Merriman is obviously a very vocal guy. We talked with him and LT and Lorenzo Neal last week on the aforementioned football life backstory. And it was kind of like, well, LT isn't a vocal guy. You know, in the locker room, he wasn't a rah-rah guy, at least when he was with the Chargers. And Merriman was that. I wonder how much that really matters. Because that's something you hear all the time. Right. Who's their locker room leader? Right. But we saw the Steelers fall back in 2012 when they lost some, some like James Ferrier was a big um, guy in that locker room for them. Same way. Are the Ravens due to fall back? I don't think Ray Lewis or Ed Reed are particularly good at football anymore. But at least they were that pre- – especially on the Ravens where Ray, Ray, Ray Rice is soft-spoken. Joe Flacco is a low-key guy. Who's stepping up to fill that void? Well, I think one guy you left out uh, is Anquan Bolden. You know, oh, yeah. Bolden is known for his work ethic. And w- sometimes you need to have a leader who's very vocal, but sometimes you need that guy that literally outworks everybody in practice and then when it's a big game, makes the big plays like Bolden did in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. So you mentioned Lewis and Reed. I do think they miss him, but I think they miss Bolden more than just his productivity on the field. It's just having a guy like that for your young receivers to look at and say, that's how I go about my job. Um, all right, Black Tie. So it's time for the third quarter to begin, a.k.a. we're getting back to uh, the Red Challenge flag, which hasn't been thrown even once. Can't the two of you be enough of a showman? One of the two of you step up and take the other side for the fun of it. How about as the as the official, you choose a game that's not so obviously one-sided? I don't think I have chosen obvious games yet. but Evidently, all right, here's you one. have. Here's one for you. The Carolina Panthers at the Buffalo Bills. And Handsome Hank, I start with you. Uh, I have chosen the Buffalo Bills to win this one. I was impressed with what I saw from them last week. You're not abiding by the rules. We just took one 10-minute halftime. Can't you remember? You make your statement, then... Elliot decides I, I, if he wants I made a challenge. A I made my statement, and then I made like a, a No, a then you started to go into afterwards. analysis. I was very impressed with them last week. That's it. Boom. All right. On we go. I think this is the toughest game of week two to pick. Uh, so I think you did do a good job picking a good one here. But I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. E.J. Manuel uh. is going to find out that the Panthers' defense is, is for real, and it's a lot better than the Patriots' defense. It's going to be an ugly game, but I think Cam Newton delivers the win in Buffalo. A little bit of an underdog. Well, first of all, Elliot, can you please play ball? You're supposed to throw the red challenge flag. I blew it. And then, and then you say why you're going against it. A thing about the Bills is this, or about the Panthers is this. 
You know, D'Angelo Williams fumbles the ball with five minutes left in the fourth quarter at the eight-yard line. If he doesn't do that, then maybe they beat Seattle. And then we're talking right. a completely different uh, language what about the been Panthers. A, what would have been the score that they beat Seattle by? All right. Well, listen, if, if Seattle, as reported, is one of the best defenses along with San Francisco's, then no, that's not any what I, victory is That's fine. not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Carolina's defense oh, yeah, right. played a great game. They have two great edge rushers. They have a great middle linebacker. And their secondary is a little better. I mean, yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. I, I, I don't think that uh, they're a bad team. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to take the Panthers in this one. I think they're going to go in there and uh, and get the win. Obviously won't be stunned, though, either way this game turns out. All right, next one. I, just just to see, just for the sport of it. Next I want one, one that is a toss-up. for John. Jacksonville Jaguars and the Oakland Raiders, Elliot Harrison. First question is, is Terrell Pryor enough to make you turn on this otherwise eyesore of a football game? You know, I'm going to throw the challenge flag at your question. I didn't like that question. So can you uh, ask me another one? <laughs> That's Again, I don't think you're rules? appreciating Elliot, this. If only you've been here for rehearsals. Jeez, uh, that's a good point. I was late. <laughs> you were late for the rehearsals. So we, we, we've been Raiders. I this. I was doing TV. <laughs> Raiders in the East Bay. I'm taking the Raiders in this game. Hank, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you at all. Terrell Pryor. Defense is going to underestimate uh, well, his. I yep. mean, uh, could the rules be simpler? Make the statement, <laughs> and then and then we'll have the other guy decide if he's going to throw the challenge Raiders flag. He's token the, the game. I'm not going to throw the challenge flag. Uh, I've also, I've also picked the Raiders. Don't throw that either. I don't know what to, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't understand what's wrong with I the two I of you. I think the game may be flawed. I think the two of you need to ask each right. other what's going on here. Hey, listen, I've, I've said it all along. Don't hate the players. Hate the game. All right. Let's get to the big. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Let's get to the big ticket item. And we can just also go back. throw the challenge flag. Let me just say this before we get to the big ticket, actually. The Redskins and Packers. I mean, listen, 0-2 isn't an impossible possible thing to come back from. On the other hand, though, let's say the Cowboys or Eagles win and the Redskins drop to 0-2. You're two games back. That that ain't jive, especially with the divisional loss to the Eagles if you're the Redskins. I'm assu- uh, assuming some things, but listen, the Chargers looking like they looked crushing loss now in Philadelphia, um, home debut and all that. You figure the Eagles are going to win that one, so they're likely to go to a 2-0. So the Redskins can't lose. Conversely, if the Bears win at home against the Vikings, now the Packers are down two games. How say you, E.H.? Well, I agree with you on all those points. I tell you right now, San Diego, I don't know if we're still playing the game or if I'm just supposed to respond to your question. No, I, just, I, I, was I, I just, think our dungeon master doesn't even know his own dungeon for all you D&D people. But, uh, understand, I'm an entertainer. That's I, I, what I am. And I do understand that. <laughs> you know, I just asked Sean about Ryan Matthews getting two carries. How are you going to slow down Chip Kelly? Well, if you've got a great ground game, you can chew that clock right. and get your tired defense a little bit of rest. You're going to have to run the football. You're going to have to use Ronnie Brown. You're going to have to use Ryan Matthews and not have Phillip Rivers slinging the ball 50 times. I've said it. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Fire Norv Turner already. You know? <laughs> but I think the thing about you know noticing that game, and I actually had Ryan Matthews as a fantasy player, and I needed like 10 points off of him. He, um, they were subbing him out because I don't believe I don't think they still trust him uh, uh, to block, um, especially on passing downs. And for some reason, that's where they were going. So I think in the second half, I would say uh, Ronnie Brown probably played twice as much as as Ryan Matthews, simply to be in there to to block for um, for Phil Rivers when he was still throwing the ball unnecessarily, but still throwing the ball. And that that brings up an interesting side point. And Dave, I remember you bringing this up last year. For all the talk about the great Texans defense, it seems like every team loves to attack that secondary. And I think that's what the Chargers were trying to do. They were trying to get mismatches in that secondary. They were looking for Gates a lot. And if you're going to do that, you need your more reliable back uh, in pass protection. So Ronnie Brown, it's not just about third down. It's about pass protection. So I agree. I don't know why they do that, though, because I've been watching that game as well. Jonathan Joseph might be the most underrated cornerback in this league. Oh, he's terrific. And by the way, look at their pair of safeties now. Swearinger out of Texas, as Matt Money Smith likes to say, is a bad, bad man. I mean, he, yeah, he brings it in the classic strong safety sense. But you he's know, still I know, a kid. I know you can't run. I know you can't uh, belt guys like you could have uh, a few years ago. But still, he's a presence back there. I know he's a youngster, but then that's going to be countered by Ed Reed. If and when he's healthy again, at the very least, he still obviously is a playmaker. And like you and I talked about a couple weeks ago, EH, that's what the NFL is all about. 
on offense and defense. It's not about completely shutting down. It's not going to happen. You're not going to completely take away the other team's offense week in and week out, but you do need to get a couple of key takeaways and be disruptive enough, and that's what Ed Reed does. Even if he's not huge for the majority of the game, he still knows how to make the uh, those big uh, splash plays. Is that what we call them, E.H.? Splash plays? Uh, I don't I, think you call defensive plays splash plays, but still. I like it when you educate on DDFP. I don't think you get enough credit for that. Mm. Can I just say that? I think you're right. You're I've got right. actually something that I can educate you with as well. Oh. This is a pretty good mind-blowing stat. This bodes well for the Chargers. The last four teams that have played the Eagles in their home opener gone to the Super Bowl. I love numbers like that, wow. those circumstantial flukes, and then people point to them as though, they're, as though they have so, meaning. Ergo, you know Chargers, the other one? Ergo was on uh, last was night, and I for y'all to swing this back, you Breaking Bad fan, I did. I sure. forgot that Brian Cranston Spoiler was alert. in uh, Argo. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. Great role in Argo. Yep. I mean, listen, he's going to go down. History will remember Brian Cranston as Walter White, one of the great roles of the last 25 years, and, and it's as though... You know, that Seinfeld the, as the dentist never happened. It's funny that that's the same character. I like that that's uh, the same actor was playing this this uh, cheesy bit part on Seinfeld and now is uh, one of the great mean characters ever. Has Black Tie seen Argo? Oh, great question. You know what? Before we answer, Elliot, this is a game we like to play. You okay. should know this. We Black Tie has seen nothing. Black Tie has seen, I think, two or three movies in his life. Waterworld, Hope Floats, and Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I think that that might... I think you're pretty close you're there. Close. I want to see the new Star Trek. I know it's not new to anybody else, but I didn't get to see it this summer. It's I gotta, wicked. I hear it's, I hear it's dynamite. All right. So your vote, Handsome, is no. I don't believe he's seen Argo. No. E.H.? I say no. I'm going to say yes. I have a feeling that this is one that he will, because he prides himself on when it's in the theater. He loves to get out there. If he doesn't see it in the first 48 hours, he'll never see it. But I think this is one of those ones that he maybe did go on opening weekend. All right, Black Tie, lay it on us. Guys, I got to go with, of course I've seen it. I own Argo for crying out loud. <laughs> of course. So I'm there. very good at this. I'm I mean, very good. My whole thing is I'm a black, I've never, I'm I've the black tie seen. whisperer. I'm really good at figuring out when he's done, <laughs> whether he's seen it or not. After You guys quiz me on movies in the 70s and 80s, and I just don't care for and it. And 90s and no, 21st I century. I just don't care for it, but... Of course I've seen that. I'm a big fan of Affleck's second act of his It's career. almost like Black Tie was born in 2007 and has aged incredibly Ugh. fast. Call cutting your, it's called Cutting Your Nose to Spite My Face. I don't like any movies that were shot in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. That's pretty limiting, isn't it? That reminds me of the John Cusack line, uh, line in uh, Say Anything when he's like, I don't want to buy, sell, or trade anything that's been manufactured, bought, or sold. Remember the whole line yeah. he has with their parents? Exactly. I know you never saw I've Say Anything. Yeah, exactly. You did not see Say Anything. I'm just joking. Of course I haven't. You haven't seen Say Anything, right? No, have have you seen any Cameron Crowe movie? Um, No. I'm you not. never saw Almost Famous? Nope. See, we're back on track. This is why it's a great <laughs> game to play. Because it makes you feel good. You almost can't lose. If you just say no, he hasn't seen yeah. it, you're going to be right 99% of the time. All right, couple more games here of the... Absolutely abysmal segment, uh, the red challenge flag, upon further review. <laughs> well, it's because I blame you. And it's conceit. It's strong. It's just that you guys are... Uh, have you ever watched that show, Pardon the Interruption? Do you think those two always just so happen to disagree on everything? They say, all right, I'll take the other side. Well, again, rehearsals, rehearsals would have helped. All right. I'm going to jump to Monday night, a big AFC Check, North no, game. This is, this is the bad one. You're the guy. The number one, number one rule on this podcast is what? What, keep it to a tight 45? Well, Oh, two. that's your rule. No jive? Number two, no, no jive. And you want these guys to come up with disagreeing point of views just to fit hmm. your just Wow, to fit your that's segment. a good point. That is a fascinating uh, paradox you've trapped me in. Bitten by my own snake. All right, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Like I say, a big one. Two 0-1 teams here. Don't want to fall into that hole. Not a terrible hole to climb out of because at worst, let's say Baltimore wins at home against the Browns then you're a game back of that team. But still, a big game. To me, the Bengals really don't want to lose this game because it's really, as they say, holding serve when you play at home and it's a divisional game. But if they lose this one and then they still have five more uh, divisional games, including one at Pittsburgh, it's dicier for them. All right, with all that being said, Elliot, you begin. Pittsburgh will lose the game. 
Pittsburgh will lose the game. So you're picking the Bengals. You asked me to be concise. That's Hansel. concise. Dave, it's not a cliche to say that this one comes down to who wants it more. <laughs> well, wait. Um, I like I like the caveat because I've heard that. Hey, this is not, not a, a cliche, cliche to, to say. say. And then you say a cliche yeah. just because you gave that caveat doesn't doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean it still isn't. I'm also I'm afraid going to keep the, the, the uh, um, challenge flag in my pocket. The Steelers are going to lose that game. And it's not going to be close. Shaq, you remember the last time they played in Cincinnati? Yep. The two reasons they won that game: Heath Miller, great touchdown catch, and Jonathan Dwyer went for about a buck twenty-seven. Neither of those guys are going to be a factor. Obviously, Miller's there was hurt. also There was also a fluky pick six. I think uh, Lamar Woodley took it back for six. But either way, uh, Andy Dalton had a ball slip out of his hands, yep. and it just went into the line and fell into Lamar Woodley's ample belly. Now, let's go to the big one now. Let's see <laughs> if we can get a disagreement. Just once, for goodness. You couldn't disagree on the Jaguars and Raiders? We disagreed on uh, Panthers' oh, bills. Yeah, we right, did but you didn't do it right. One of them. That's right. We you do didn't do it right. right he, so he please failed. do it right. He failed. San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. Handsome Hank, you start. Dave, I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. I agree. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I agree. This is the worst. Uh, everyone's saying the 49ers are going to lose because, hey, remember what happened at the end of last year? Yeah, big deal. That was last year. Yes, the 49ers laid an egg at the end of the year. Justin Smith was hurt. Alden Smith was a non-factor because Justin Smith was hurt. Forget it. I don't think that happens this year. I'm throwing the challenge flag, guys. Yes! Hey, flag tries useful at last. <laughs> the Seahawks do not lose at home. And I know everyone's high off, you know, the Niners win, Kaepernick's throwing performance. Define that. You know, everyone's singing Kaepernick's praises. I get it. They beat the Packers. The Seahawks, on the other hand, barely just scraped by the Panthers. But the Seahawks did not lose at home. That's, I mean, they didn't lose at home all last year. And they played I – mean, think about the last time they played the Niners. Granted, we can't expect the exact same thing to happen again. But this is a much closer matchup. And, it, and, you know, in a situation like that, you always got to go with a home team, especially when the home team is so great at home. I'll tell you, Black Tie with some salient points there. Well, but I don't feel like he gave me any information on body language in that in that. Well, analysis. that's true. That is the key detail where Black Tie's where, concerned. What, what about the body language? Well, you know, as EH points out, I, I don't think it's as simple as the Seahawks smoked them the last time they played uh, last December and deprived us. It's a shame that the Falcons, well, not for Atlanta fans, but uh, for – the rest of the nation, not to diminish the the Falcons, but I think everybody was chomping at the bit to see round three of the Seahawks sure. and 49ers in the, for a trip to the Super Bowl. And, of course, as we've talked about, this is the rivalry. I don't care what anybody says about – I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, that day is done. Um, and not to say it can't be revived, but, you know, that's in the rearview mirror. Packers-Bears ought to be fun. But, I mean, this is it. This is the best rivalry in the NFL going right now. And Who's going to pressure Colin Kaepernick? Irvin well, suspended. Yeah. Right? Well, Chris I, Clemens has been hurt all summer. Agreed. Yeah. And and I, But I think also that, that there's this – the reason that you're hearing a lot of picks against Seattle is for the reason that Black Tie says. They win against the formidable Packers. The Seahawks scratch out a victory against the lowly Panthers or the perceived lowly Panthers. So it's easy to just say, oh, the 49ers are going to take care of them. I'm with you though. I think the Ford. I think the. I think practically speaking, um, you know the the Panthers' offense isn't a world beater in spite of Cam Newton, and so disregard the fact that they weren't productive against the Seahawks. I think their pieces aren't there to stop the 49ers right now. I got to be honest. When you paused after it's easy, I thought for a second you were going to launch into it's easy to grin. From uh, Caddyshack with the, the Chris and the Fly. I mean, just for a second, I thought you were going there, and it didn't happen. <laughs> well, listen, as I've said before, Ted Knight steals that movie. Oh, I know he is. Rodney Dangerfield is hysterical. Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, everybody else. Chevy but Chase the real key to in that, that movie. Oh, no, he's funny in it. He's funny, but that's not like his. I mean, I take him in Fletch easily over Caddyshack. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, Fletch is. Is that his best picture? Yeah, I guess I would say Fletch. I will say Foul Play is quite strong with Goldie Hawn. Anyone seen Funny Farm? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah? I didn't, I didn't mention it, though. No. All right. Um, all right. Here we go now, fellas. Sit in and just bite your tongue, but make notes, because if you want to throw the red challenge flag at me, you may. Oh, we can. It's time for the season premiere of we took our time getting through our picks last week. This time, we have 60 seconds Black tie, start the music here. My picks will start back to front Monday night. I'm taking the Bengals to win that one. 
Then uh, the 49ers, as I mentioned, I'll take them. Raiders at home against the Jags. It's Chad Henney. I was at that uh, abysmal game last year up in uh, East Bay when these two teams play. Chad Henney looked good. Hmm. I'm going to take the Jags on the road upset there. Didn't that game go down to the wire? Yes, it did. Broncos at the Giants. Of course, I'm taking the Broncos. I think the Giants are the sneaky bad team in the NFC this year. Saints at Buccaneers. I'll take the Saints, but watch Doug Martin uh, pick up. He didn't have the greatest game in week one, but you watch. He's going to have a big one, but I think the Saints will survive. Lions at Cardinals. Easy to pick the Lions. No, I'm taking I don't the Cardinals. That's easy. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. We'll get to the, We're getting to that one then. All right. We'll pick that one up. Chargers at Eagles. Like I say, I'll take the Eagles. I'll take the Chiefs at home over the Cowboys. Dolphins at Colts. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Road, uh, road upset there. Titans at Texans. The Texans, but the Titans, I stand by my pick that they're going to the playoffs. Redskins at Packers. I'll take the Pack at home. Vikings at Bears. Bears. Panthers at the Bills. I'm taking the Panthers. Browns at Ravens. I'll take the Ravens. Rams at Falcons. I think this one is much tighter than people are picking, but the Falcons will win at home. And in case you're listening to us in front of the Thursday night game, I will take the Patriots, obviously. I don't care who's out there. It's the Jets that play, after all. And thus ends the picks. Did I do it, Black Tie? Terrible. It's one minute, 30 seconds. That's not so bad. Listen, for someone long-winded, that's quite a challenge for me. All right, let's pick that back up. With uh, with UEH, Detroit at Arizona, do you pick the Cardinals to win that game? Uh, I don't. Uh, I picked, uh, I think Carolina-Buffalo and this game are the two hardest games to pick on the schedule. I don't like the way that Detroit matches up with Arizona at all. Arizona has a decent secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit's wide receivers, when you get past Calvin Johnson, what do you have? Reggie Bush, I'm not sure he's 100%. That said, I think overall the Lions are still a better team. And until the Cardinals' offensive line gets in shape, I think Detroit wins, but gosh, that game's going to be close. Um, yeah, handsome, any games there that you want to jump in on, and maybe we can it can spur some sort of a debate here? I mean, I picked the Lions as well, but I, I really <laughs> like that Lions defensive line. Dave, it's not my fault. I, I'm making good picks. You're making fairly good picks did you pick, as well. Did you take I, the Rams? I picked the Raiders. I picked the Raiders over okay. the Jags. You went for the Jags. I just I don't like the Jags traveling the whole way across the country. And being bad anyway. You could have just stopped after I don't like the Jags. Yeah. You don't really have to finish that. But, yeah. The Raiders are What I do like is your portrayal of the Jags um, helmet as a melted Rolo in the back of a car in in the Sheck report this week. Yeah. That's that's pretty strong. But I I have to admit, I liked his analysis there. I don't like them going on the road all that way, and they're bad anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to give you a lot of credit here, man, because – if there's an upset pick of the week, if you really want to be like, hey, I want to pick a real upset, I think Rams at Atlanta is is right. Man, I, right. I, I know I keep going on and on, and people sit, think I'm crazy. And by the way, I issued in front of the season, I have to do the after week one, pre-week two projections. I want them to be a companion, like the little brother to your power rankings. I've said it many, many times, but I'll say it again, that... The pro, the I like reading the power rankings, but of course they're not germane. They're not a necessity. What is the requirement at the end of the year is that you have one through six seed in the two conferences. That's so a great I, sales job for my. Power I don't rankings. care. You know what? I don't care. I love them, and I, I and everybody wants to read them. They're they're listen. They're catnip. You got to look at them. That doesn't make a difference. I don't care. I'm philosophically opposed to NFL power rankings. But I got to see where my team is. Of course, everybody's got to look at that. So um, it's it's great stuff. But I have to do my projections, as I say. But preseason, I had the Rams getting the sixth seed in the NFC and the Seahawks getting the fifth there. Well, that wasn't good enough for Seattle fans because, of course, hey, guess what, everybody? I don't know if you heard the news that when they play the playoffs, sometimes teams get upset. It's not like the the higher seed always wins those games. So for a bit of fun, I had the Rams beat. The, the 49ers, and I can't remember exactly how I had it now off the top of my head, but point is, Rams at the sixth seed, get uh, they survived the first round, and then they beat the Seahawks. I mean, they beat the 49ers in candlestick, making a Atlanta-hosting Rams NFC title game. Well, people went crazy. This guy is smoking something, and how could you have the Rams? Well, it could be an upset. I didn't put them in the Super Bowl. But anyway, yes, I like this Rams team. 
Did you feel good about what you saw? A team looking, a young team looking for identity. That was a nice little win that they had against the Cards. Well, you know, they showed some resilience and they came back. I think the main thing here is that people are going to see that Atlanta lost to New Orleans and be like, oh, they're going to bounce back. And they're just, it doesn't work like that in the NFL. A good team could start 0 2. And the Rams are going to put pressure on Matt Ryan. And it's really up to that offensive line. You know, if the offensive line plays well at home, that's the key here is that the Falcons are at home. If they weren't at home, I would be okay picking the Rams in an upset. But, you know, the that defensive line of the Rams can bring it, man. They're they're really good. They have some really good pieces on that defense and, of course, uh, the weapons on offense. Like we say, playmakers on both sides. That's what it's about. Here it is, everybody. If Damashek is right with his preseason projections, it will be your NFC title game preview in Atlanta, and it'll be the same two teams in the exact same place that you'll see them again in uh, late January. All right, listen. How did you feel, EH? Did you feel good about where about how we did here? I did. I thought it was a really fun podcast. It, it got started off on the right foot by being yelled at for being late uh, well, five times and being told I couldn't go to the bathroom. Well, you know, you did it to yourself, just like the people on the Shame Nay Sheck report. You know, I didn't. Why'd you change you. the name? Because we had some fun, because I felt like handsome. Didn't people, there were people in the NFL who got teams and the league. They didn't like being shamed. Yeah, they felt that that it, uh, you know, of course, as I say, these are 300-pound men intentionally running into each other. That wasn't hurtful as much as, uh, as a smart aleck. You know, saying saying things about them that maybe was causing some emotional they didn't have injuries. To take the uh, the Tuesday morning <laughs> phone calls from Bill Polian either. <laughs> we don't uh, want to get shamed this week. I know. I love it. Isn't that great? Bill Polian called you. Yeah, no. Oh, no. there's somebody else who I someone know. did. Dave Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. There was, was a, was there was a high ranking official from a team who who blew in a call. And was not pleased with the word not shame. Not pleased with, with the sh- word shame being attached to his team, which ended up being ironic. This is uh, Jerry Jones. Can't wait to get you out here to be a part of the Dallas Cowboys. How weird. That's Elliot doing Jerry. Oh, no, that's Terrence Newman doing <laughs> Jerry his Jones. Jerry Jones. Yeah, well, that's going to be Elliot's. A- we looked at Newman uh, bringing him back. Had all the tools. Uh, knew our system. Hank, but uh, the five three forty uh, concerned us, and uh, uh, you know I got out there in my shorts, I ran uh, forty myself, and uh, uh, we thought Alan Ball was a, a better option, and that turned out to be a correct guess on my part, except not at all. I was wondering what would break first, Terrence Newman, your spirit or your body? It's pretty good, right? That's bang. It's getting a lot better, Is without, it? and now without the cup as well. Well, yeah, I'm really progressing. All right, listen, we have a new NFL coming for you. And by the way, it might be up there by the time you're listening to this right now. It is the Thursday Night Football, the debut of Thursday Night Football on NFL Network, Jets at Patriots. And uh, so we made one specific to celebrate the week of football on NFL Network. We did What If Bill Belichick. People forget this. Some people do. I know not you, Elliot, but... Bill Belichick in the year 2000, right at, right after New Year's, accepts the job to be the New York Jets. Bill Parcells yep. is the head coach. He's the defensive coordinator. Belichick is a couple years removed from uh, Cleveland. And they lose. And so he takes the job and then immediately quits. Accepts it and then quits and goes to New England. So the NFL, the newest one, is uh, asks the question, what would have happened had Belichick stayed with the Jets rather than moving off to New England, and it does have a special guest star on it. So a, a person who walks the halls of the NFL Network, one of the more delightful guys and former players and so on. So be on the lookout for that, NFL.com. I mean, uh, uh, the NFL on NFL.com. Elliot, the power rankings, your picks, what else? Uh, NFL Fantasy Live. Yeah, doing a, we're actually doing a Hall of Fame, the list show uh, yeah, Wednesday night. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern, looking at the uh, what the class oh, of 24. This? this is uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Pacific, 10, Ooh, awesome. two 10 o'clock Eastern. Two nights. Two so nights. If you're listening to us on Wednesday before week two, then you can be on the lookout for that. Black Tie's going to have to race to get this up in time for that. Um, <laughs> um, all right. And also, don't forget. 
the game rewind replays of all the NFL games for the for those of us in the US of A. Ten percent off if you do it if you use the promo code DDFP audio pass available and then game pass for the people outside of the US of A. All right. NFL.com slash game rewind or slash game pass. Yeah, do it already, would you? And while we're and on use that- and use that uh, use that promo code because it's good for us and then same thing, yes. I know what you're going to say, Black Tie. Make sure you go and subscribe on iTunes and beyond that. Even if you're listening to me right now, hit the pause button, rate it, and then make a comment because that is also helpful to us. We're much obliged for you to Tell doing us, so. make comments, give suggestions, tell us which Hank true NFL stories you want to hear. All oh, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, if, and what percent of Black Tie you would like to hear going forward. Based on this, this is, this is your baseline. Do you want. A higher percentage of black right. tie, lower, so on and so forth. All right, I listen. think a segment on um, on body language is important. That's true. Tardiness aside, EH, I think this was a gangbusters debut for you, even Pretty though you couldn't figure out how to play a simple game. And I look at you too, handsome Hank, when I say that. We were high on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do it again. Next week, uh, at the start of the week, two shows, uh, as always, all through the NFL season. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. Oh, and don't forget, NFL.com slash weekly pick Oh, you can just go to NFL.com slash, slash check. And then, but you can find our group, DDFP, yeah. and join that or one. Or you right. go NFL.com slash pick them. Right. Either way, we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.